Welcome to the High School Hockey Podcast presented by the Red and Black League. I'm Tony Scott. Today we'll have two guests on the show today. Tony Kucher, Little Falls head coach, and Maple Grove senior Kyle Kukinen. Danny, Carl, and I will sit down and talk about games of the past, predict games of the future, and have a really good time. Hope you enjoy today's show. Is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire, ah, please. <laughs> I fell into a ring of fire. Well, good morning, boys. That was brutal, Tony. <laughs> we should note that was the second take, too. <laughs> I'm an intro king, boys. I'm an intro king. <laughs> no, just wait for the outro today, folks. It's going to be a, a thank you and see you um, uh, maybe in the rink parking lot. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go out in the parking lot after the show, and I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony's in a fun wow, mood today. Nice. First swear word, word out of the gate. Right, there we go. Okay, well, we do have a fun show, so let's kind of start with a little news and nuggets first. We've already, Tony and I have already recorded the Tony Couture interview, and it it was amazing. Magical. (laughs) I hung up the phone after a 30-minute interview and going, why didn't I do one? Why wasn't this guy one of my podcasts over the the COVID pauses? Well, we were trying to make it only like 10 minutes. and That didn't happen. There's a lot of juice to it, so it's really it's a cool interview. So his, his coaching influences alone is enough to listen to. I mean, that, that's why. If you want to hear about who he's coached and been in contact with, it's it's spectacular. It's and he, so, he's a good storyteller, you know, Carl. So I might actually have to listen to the podcast this week. You might actually have to listen to the show, Carl. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've never actually listened to this podcast. So, when I, uh, I, <laughs> I haven't normally, but uh, I get low on content now for my podcast walk, so I do actually do listen every once in a while, and I just cringe sometimes at some of the stuff I <laughs> say and some of the stuff I laugh at. I'm like, what a moron. You know? are, are you listening to like our best hits from 2017 or what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mashup? Yeah, a little mashup. Spotify of mashup. Spit and Chicklets has a guy who like does quotes thing this thing called spit and chicklets quotes that's a big podcasters have these big producers unlike me who's our producer right now <laughs> <laughs> uh but they do all these things we we could put up a nice bunch of mashups out of our show that's for sure well let's talk about some fun stuff that happened um this week or at least yeah. that we saw um mitchell wolf um Former Andover defenseman mm-hmm. is playing juniors right now. I forget where, but he's I think the, it's, he's in the USHL for sure. And mm-hmm. he is going to be at Bemidji, so he yeah. committed to Bemidji, and that I thought that was a really good Ernie. pickup. Ernie got a good pickup there, and uh, Tom Saratori um, got a great, great, great recruit there. Great offensive defenseman. So. Oh yeah, and uh, you know played with one of the best, who's playing really well at Duluth. Oh, yeah, man, isn't he doing well? Seamless jump. Yeah. yeah, easy. Why we're talking about Wyatt Kaiser? Um, here's a guy who I, I did a tweet this week that absolutely exploded. Cole Smith from Brainerd High School graduated in 2014. He's like a couple years younger than you guys for crying out loud. Cole Smith plays two years. Doesn't this is the best part? You can't put this in the tweet because you don't have only have 280 characters. But he didn't have any 
uh, college hockey offers whatsoever. He had some opportunities to walk on and play football. His dad, Tom, was a football player, great football player. His uncle, Sandy, was a a hockey player at UMD. Um, so he said, well, I'll just give it a shot. I'll go give juniors up in Manitoba a try. Plays two years of juniors, gets a scholarship offer. He had like 80-some points in two years in <laughs> Manitoba. <laughs> Plays four years, becomes an assistant captain at North Dakota. And then you think, oh, yeah, a guy like that, you know, he might ECHL, AHL. Plays f- five games in the ECHL and then makes the NHL for opening day roster for the Nashville Predators. And that, there's a good reason as a 24, 25-year-old kid playing in the NHL, that's a long row. There's a lot of people have told you no uh, <laughs> before you get to the league there. And it's just a good reminder. Just think about this team for a second in Brainerd or the Brainerd teams of that era. So, Josh Archibald. Yes. Mitch McLean. Yeah. <laughs> and Cole Smith. Yeah. Like, and you, we never talked about them. Really, these guys are pre-podcast era. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. There are plenty of guys in the podcast era that are that are you know playing in the NHL now too. You know? So yeah, I just Dylan Sandberg's one of them. You know, yes, he then. made a Winnipeg with the Winnipeg roster, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I definitely you know worth noting for sure. Uh, here's a couple other notes. Uh, Lakeville goalies, high school goalies had a big uh, Lakeville weekend. North. <laughs> yeah, Lakeville North. Yeah, Lakeville yep. North high school goalies had a big uh, Nora Walls, a neat story. She uh, wins a game Friday night. She never played goalie until this year. There were no goalies in, in <laughs> Lakeville North High School girls program to play, obviously, because Skylar Vetter was gone, which you would have thought she'd always played boys. You thought yeah. there'd be plenty of opportunities for girls right. Somebody to, step all in. along it's not, the line. It's not right? a small place. Yeah, I know. It's a big <laughs> high school, a giant high school. I've been there a few times. Well, we always have to park there, Tony. Oh, yeah, but Olivia, <laughs> my daughter, had cheer a big cheer event there for five straight falls. I've been there five straight times. Uh, but but she gets her first win, six to five win over Apple Valley. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then Skyler gets a goal, gets a shutout yesterday in their in their win, which is great. Peter puts up the tweet. He's got a picture of her from the from the prior late game from two days before, so it's a fresh photo. And some donkey goes on there and goes, "Yeah, she's been gutting the girls' game forever since. She's too good for us. She's ruining the girls' game." Like Skyler Vetter is not ruining women's hockey. In fact, she's she won growing. gold in the U eighteen in a shootout for these same girls, you donkey. <laughs> Sorry. Tony's having a great to week. Tony's in a mood today. I yeah. am in a mood. Yeah, just wait. Just wait. And then uh, speaking of Lakeville, sticking on Lakeville, I had a tweet last night. Josh S., Max Johnson, Jack McNeely, and Taylor Schneider, all Lakeville lads, had uh, Division One goals last night. I thought that was an interesting little factoid. I, I think I remember having a conversation with somebody last year, maybe the year before, but like Lakeville itself has some of like the highest numbers of D1 players. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really, you would think like, oh, Duluth or, yeah, you know, like, it's insane. I mean, Edina. And, and, and Carl would know firsthand. A guy named Justin Cluse was a, a really good player. Do you remember when he played against you guys in the state tournament, Carl? I have no, I have no memory of this. No, nope. it's been that's good. I, I <laughs> blame COVID. Out. You should blame COVID on that, right? I block yeah, out a yeah. lot of Lakeville South memories too. <laughs> you have both. <laughs> you guys have. Yep. Uh, but I, you know what? The Southwest hasn't played Lakeville South lately, so I got, I got no. Uh, yeah, Tony's free. <laughs> I'm not free from that. Uh, my 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 team was Bloomington Kennedy and Bloomington Jefferson. That was the man. They were the. They, they play each other this week. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah exactly. they do. A little yeah, plug on that. Might, might be competitive. 
<laughs> yeah, it will be competitive. I promise you it'll be competitive. Very competitive. Um, this actually could be the last good game I mean, where they're actually decent teams because there's decent talent on both Jefferson yeah. and Kennedy. The bottom drops off at Bloomington after about this junior class. It really drops off talent-wise. Yeah, it's going to take a while. So, um, All right, I have my monologue. Are you guys ready to go? You guys Your can jump box. in and help. This is a sock. Brace yourselves. Yeah, I know. Okay, so um, f- let me set the scene. We had a girls' tournament. We had the first ever game back after the pause. I had to have been. And someone, there's no youth game that played earlier than 9 a.m. on Thursday. So we had the, we had girls youth going, we had girls youth going. Peter leaves the building, leaves Bloomington, and goes to Stillwater Forest Lake at two p.m. game. Um, he sees all of our girls, girls. doing yeah. well. Yep, he goes and does that girls game. So he's seen girls high school. Um, he's seen uh, girls youth. Uh, we're getting reports that things are going well with the boys youth games uh, in District Six and District Eight on Thursday night, which was great. And then he arrives to Prior Lake, and don't take this wrong, um, and he sees basically boys, high school hockey players, not wearing their masks. They're all pulled down to the chin, you know, underneath the mouth. And I, I was, like, puzzled by that. I'm like, wow, the, the, we can't have that. The, the, you know, Star Tribune gets a few good photos of this. They can they can destroy boys' high school hockey. That's what I was thinking. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's just isolated. So then I call Brianna. Then I call Idina uh, Dad. I start calling around to people who are at high school hockey games on Thursday night. Like, yeah, we're, like, a grade of A to, a to F, A being what you saw at, at uh, Force Lake Girls or at our girls' tournament. He goes, oh, we were talking Ds and Fs. Then I – so it kind of depressed me, and I'm like, maybe they'll figure it out. And then Danny, I talked to Danny Friday night. Uh, he goes to Blake. I'm going to interject. What did you see at Blake and why is that? I saw a lot of chin straps. A lot of chin straps. D minus, D plus. Yeah, on the it was scale. just well for me. It was weird. It, I because you know I'm thinking in my head. You know I got my temperature checked before I walked in here. JV's changing outside during the break intermission. They're spraying down the rink with disinfectant after they clear out people. I mean we're doing a lot of COVID stuff in the stands. And then Carl, just so this isn't a Metro thing, I'd like to get your take on the, the two games that you've attended as well. So when we're, we're talking in fact here. I don't want to talk about opinion. My opinion will come in a minute. What did you see yeah, I mean, there? From what I could see, which was not much because I'm wearing my mask properly and my glasses are fogging up the whole time so I can barely see. Um, yeah, it was inconsistent at best. What, what would you give the grade of the two Duluth teams on on, uh, be objective, yeah. be fair. I know you're a bobo, but <laughs> C plus, yeah. C plus. So there are maybe half the teams were, were wearing yeah. them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to begin my soapbox, my rant right now. This is a six gear machine here. There are six gears to this thing. That's going to make this thing happen. So I'm going to call out everybody, Eric Martins. If you don't get your acting gear and get, you know, you're the top down, you're the leader, you're the executive director. If you don't start speaking out to your schools, you and your 23 and a half employees are going to all be out of a job. There's going to be no high school sports if we get shut down again and again and again, simply because there's going it'll get privatized. We need you, Eric Martins, to, to have a heavy hand here. Next one is the um, parents. This is my, my biggest one. Parents who are telling their kids that they don't need to wear the mask, you're foolhardy. This is silliness. You need to be a parent here and explain to them that they have to wear the mask in order to play it. So more masks, 
equals more games. Less mask means we're going to get shut down. It's not just boys' high school is going to shut down. Girls' high school is going to get shut down. All of youth hockey is going to get shut down. And other guys, sports and are going to. other sports are going to get shut down. Please do it for everybody, not just yourself. Uh, athletic directors, same thing. You're at a rink counting bodies coming in and out of the body. Meanwhile, your back is turned to the actual hockey game that's being played, and you see D minuses and C pluses on the grading scale. You got to go down there and correct this. It's your job as the athletic director to make sure these players are wearing their masks. Coaches, the same thing. I had a great text string with one coach yesterday who said, It sucks. Mask sucks. They get their face all wet, and it's really hard. You know what's harder? Watching Netflix and playing Xbox. That's a lot harder for the next two months. <laughs> True? I mean, I, I called around? a whole game wearing a mask. It wasn't fun. No, it does suck. I hate masks. I hate the whole deal. But I love hockey more than I hate wearing masks. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I've checked them all off. Coaches. And then last but not least, I want to call out I want to call out the players. Many of you guys are 18 years old. That means you have the cognitive ability to make a decision for yourself. Make the decision to put a mask on, or it's going to all come crumbling down in two weeks. And if it's not bad enough that COVID's going to take it out, but the governor will just take us out. They will just take us out because we're not responding to their rules. Let's all mask up, and let's get her on. It, it's not whether or not you believe that masks prevent, you know, deaths or Correct. transmission. It's If they notice this, it's just going to shut it down. I agree. If people were going into the grocery store without masks, they would shut down the grocery store. Yes, they would. Type of thing. Yes, they would. So that rant was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. I just want to reiterate, more masks on equals more games. You guys agree with that? Well, yeah, because we're going to keep playing. Yeah. (laughs) Carl, I'd like to get your educated stance on this before we move on to some other more fun topics like ice hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you said it all and very efficiently too, which is impressive, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I've had that one in my head for a while. But I will say the coach who had the text ring about the masks suck and hate it. He did text me back after his game. He said, Tony, happy to report all our boys had masks on today. Uh, one victory. We got 148 more teams to go. You know. Yeah, it's just it, it's interesting. That's uh, I wasn't expecting it. I w- I walked into the rink. You know, after you get your temperature checked, which I was not expecting either. And now I'm like, oh, I should check that before I leave the oh, house. Okay. I guess. But Bri- Brianna went to the yeah. Brianna went to the Rogers Andover game. And she sent me 71 pictures. I always get a file of pictures, and I had to go through them all. Three of them, three of them were good enough to publish because the other 68 were maskless players. And I'm like, I can't use any of these. We're not going to publish. You won't see a maskless player on our website until the executive order has been changed. Yeah. Just yeah. can't do it. I'm not going to be here to publicize this. So but if I you want to be on this hockey hub, yeah, <laughs> there you go, Carl. Thank you very much. You want to be on YHH? No, but on the other hand, I've I have always said this, and I'll say this now. It might sound like a threat, but if we don't start to see improvement here at YHH, we're going to start calling it out, and we're going to be way more public than this show. We're going to go on our site, and we're going to call out people saying, "Hey, these teams are not compliant. We need to get compliant." So it's like you don't do it, I will, and we will use our platform to make sure that we get these masks back on faces and we get the games played in. Remember, more masks equals more games. Yep. 
Okay, so let's go from there, Tony, to a, a fun. I can leave now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I need you D- still. Danny, it's you and I. Yeah. <laughs> St. Louis Parky Diner. Then I go. Then I want to. Okay, okay sorry. fine. Okay, well, let's transition to this. Tony, you want to take away the Tony Couture interview? Well, thank you, Danny. I'm looking forward to this great interview. We're joined right now with head coach from Little Falls, from International Falls, Tony Kucher. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here today. I bet you're very happy uh, with getting your uh, season off the ground uh, after this long pause. It, it's been a whirlwind. There's been a, there's just been a lot of things to, to cover other than just hockey uh, and X's and O's. So um, I've had to put on that... Uh, portion of my coaching that I've never had to do before. It's just a lot of, you know, dealing with parent tickets and, and just all kinds of different things. But uh, I think overall that the number one thing is that we're going to be able to play our first game today. So it's, uh, we're excited. It's funny. I was talking to a coach uh, yesterday and he says, I'm doing less coaching and more managing. I feel like the team manager now. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's been incredible uh, dealing with, uh, you know, rink stuff, um, COVID stuff, uh, taking temperatures, um, you know, managing all the kids in, in case their brother or sister uh, had been exposed or it's just been, uh, it's just been interesting. Um, you know, and you, you do, you feel like, uh, an administrator that has to administrate everything, you know, and, um, you know, you're just not concentrating on the hockey aspect, but you're also, you know, just concentrating on the overall uh, wellness of, of your program. Have you caught yourself saying, I'm just a gym teacher. I'm just a hockey coach. I can't do all this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All the time. I mean, uh, even during class, sometimes I'm, I'm getting calls with questions or, or emails or text messages, and it's very difficult to, to concentrate on my FIED. Uh, portion of my job uh, but uh, you know I usually now you know just leave my phone in my office and, and I'll I'll answer that at, at my break and my prep time because you just get overwhelmed with with questions and and they're really good questions that people have um, and things that you don't think about that you have to kind of research and and go from there and um, so it's been it's been a difficult start but uh, you know that's why we're here we're here to help kids and and uh you know, run a program. So I mentioned in your intro there that you were from International Falls, kind of a goalie hotbed. Walk through growing up in the shadows of Bob Mason and, and several other great goaltenders in uh, International yeah. Falls. Absolutely. I um, I grew up in International Falls in, in uh, you know, the, the 70s, and I graduated in 1985. So um, you talked about the hockey hotbed. We've, we've had just an incredible run uh, through – International Falls. Uh, I remember a little kid. Um, uh, my, I think it was my dad had uh, uh, some kind of connection with Peter Wasilovich, and he went to UND. Yeah. It kind of started that way, where I started kind of um, wanting to play goalie, and and uh, I was a very hyper kid when I was young. So my mom enrolled, tried to get me to do some things that would um, try to get rid of all my energy. So. Uh, popped in the net early on and stayed with it. I remember wearing a molded mask way back when. No way. Wow. Yeah, I had uh, in squirts. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, for some reason, I just loved um, goaltending. Um, and it was just all facets of it, uh, making my own, you know, I remember when the cheater came out on, on the glove, the GM-12, and, and uh, 
I got one and it didn't have a cheater on it. And yeah. so I made my own cheater. I fixed my own pads. I mended my own pads. And, uh, but yeah, Dave Lorian was, uh, was, uh, he was a, uh, Notre Dame goalie. Yeah. Played some national hockey. Uh, Kevin Constantine went out to RPI who later coached me. Uh, Bob Mason, as you, as you talked about, but you know, back then Bob Mason, uh, as a high school hockey, uh, goalie, I think was just really average. Yeah. Um, and then he went, he went to the USHL. The, the, I, he went to uh, the Bismarck, uh, no, the Bobcats, Green Bay Bobcats, that he played for. Yeah. And that's kind of where he, I think he really kind of shined and then went to uh, Duluth and he only lasted two years there before he, he moved on to Olympic team and, and uh, the rest is history uh, with the, you know, the famous the game that he played in. Epic Easter. Uh, so, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a lot of uh, Larry Crosby went to Providence and, but there was just a lot of uh, a lot of unbelievable goaltenders that came through there, and uh, it was a it was a great time in International Falls uh, to grow up in that era. Because I think later on, you know, the mill shut down, and you know, we lost numbers and and so forth. So Larry Ross is your head coach. That's a jaw dropper right there. Walk through what you drew from him. What you use today as a as a as a high school coach. What do you draw from from Coach Ross? Well, I mean, he was, uh, he was an icon. I mean, he was just, just his presence, um, on the ice and, and, uh, was incredible, but you know, that it was at the tail end of his career in 1985. Um, as somebody growing up in international falls, he knew the past history of everything, but I don't think that you really realized who Pops Ross was when you play for him. You didn't realize, you know, the, the impact that he had on high school hockey and, and, uh, at the time he was our coach and we knew he was a legend and but I, I don't think you grasp the whole concept of everything that that pops had um done in in the history of of high school hockey but uh, just a fantastic person um you know he he i mean he was just really calm and and when he talked you listened and and uh we had great coaches terry burns was a longtime coach with john freeman and uh, they were just fantastic coaches. And, and Larry was, uh, was uh, you know, I, after he had retired that year, he moved on and was was um, doing a lot of uh, scouting. So when I was at North Dakota, uh, he came to our game, so I got an opportunity to talk to him quite a bit uh, in the tail end um, of his, you know, hockey career and, 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 and coaching and stuff. Before you got to North Dakota, you had a, a little stop in San Diego playing at U.S. International. Walk through the process going a kid. Talk about two opposite ends of the world. International yeah. Falls, where they would do the uh, battery commercials on TV for how cold it <laughs> yeah. is, to San Diego, which is the most perfect weather yeah. in the world. How did you get there? How did it all work it was, out? It was, yeah, after, um, after I graduated in 1985, back then the USHL had um, teams that they had they had to commit, you know, so... Um, I was at North Iowa uh, Huskies in Mason City, Iowa. They had our rights in International Falls. So back then, they had high school rights, so you had to go there um, to go try out. Well, Kevin Constantine was a coach um, in, in at Mason City, so he had a connection with International Falls. So a bunch of us went down, tried out. Um, I played a year um, at Mason City, and then another year I went back actually Right after my first season, I was supposed to go to St. Cloud State. Um, I got a call from Herb Brooks, which was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then commi- committed to, to 
committed to go to St. Cloud and then decommitted um, after I thought about that. I had I had gotten a car accident my first year juniors and didn't play that many games. So I, I called him back up and that was very hard to call her Brooks and tell him I'm not no. going. Yeah. Uh, I just needed, yeah, I needed some more experience. So I went back to Mason city, played about three fourths of the season, got traded to Rochester Mustangs where Frank Saratori was coaching. Oh uh, we went on to win the national championship that year. And boy, I thought I was set. I thought people were going to be knocking down my door. I got a shout out in the national championship game. Um, and, uh, not, not really the big schools were calling. Um, so, um, I had a chance to go to Fairbanks or U.S. International with Brad Buto, and I really uh, liked the past history of Brad with the Gophers, and so we went out there. It was an uh, incredible uh, time, uh, and it was just a weird school to begin with. That you know, we our our dorms were on stilts because um, we were right next to Miramar, and 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 the, the the hill behind us used to always wash out, and you had to have you had to be on stilts. So it was uh, incredible, wow. incredible, and and you guys and had a decent you, record the one year that you were there. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I uh, started out. Uh, I didn't make the first road trip to go up to Anchorage and Fairbanks, and and after that, I I kind of set my eyes on trying to get the starting job back. And the goalies uh, at the time when we went up there didn't play very well, and uh, he came back with me, and and it was I just played really well. Um, the rest of the year and, and was a starting goalie and, and we had a good run and back then we were independent. So they uh, took one independent team and we had swept um, Merrimack uh, that year yeah. and they took Merrimack instead. So um, it was disappointing, but uh, I was That's, that's a great way to grow team. the game, you know, kill the team from California. Yeah. <laughs> now they do favors for teams from California yeah. and Arizona. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it was incredible. I have a picture somewhere in, in my hockey box that has we're all outside behind the hockey arena and it's like it says 90 degrees and we're all cheering and uh going to the beach and it was it was an incredible uh, you know and then when they came and told us we're no longer going to have hockey there uh everybody had to disperse and um i called up frank Saratori and and the rest is history from me going to uh north dakota to north dakota but i gotta i gotta tell you one good story my I mean, this is how weird it was there so the first week we were there, we had to paint the arena white. The players? So yeah, the players, yep. <laughs> and uh, it was we played at the Mira Mesa Mira Mesa House of Ice, and the glass was all the way up to the ceiling in the backs. <laughs> no way. It was weird. Yeah, we were, yeah we were playing. I think it was Denver, and I was a I was not playing that game, and Denver took a shot. It tipped off a, a stick and hit really high and came back and hit. Matt Atkinson in the back and went in the goal. So no way. It, was, it was just yeah, just some fun stories. But uh, we kind of, um, Brad Buto, we were all mad that we had to paint. And, I mean, we were white paint buckets, but he had a black lab, and we painted his black lab white. <laughs> so we kind of got him back a little bit. So it was kind of a, it was fun times there, though. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to see the rosters. I remember uh, one of the stars from Minnesota was Dewey Wallen. Was he on the team? Was he part yeah. of that squad? Yeah, yeah Dewey was... Wallen. Uh, Jim Howe was there. The surgeon. Uh, we had lots of yeah, – the surgeon. Yeah, we had some – we had a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, – good, uh, Mike Race, I believe, has, it's been a while now. But yeah. um, a lot of them played in, in Sioux City in the USHL that year and then went on and 
been a couple people that had played, you know, at bigger universities and maybe didn't like their playing time, so they went there and right. And uh, but yeah, we had a good season. All right, we got a we got a scoot. This will be a short interview. We're already <laughs> at eleven minutes. Uh, we're gonna have to skip past your UND stuff. I would love to hear some stuff about stories about yeah. Gino, but we gotta get we gotta get to uh, uh, how how did you get the job at Little Falls and how did you begin your career after after playing. Yeah, well, I had a contract to go play for the Richmond Renegades in the East Coast League. Uh, was going to sign, um, decided that I was just burnt out and just needed to start my life. I was, I'm five nine. I always had, uh, I was always kind of pudgy, um, so I knew that uh, one season maybe, and we'll see what happens. But uh, decided not to go. Um, started looking around for jobs. Uh, it was either it was either get a teaching job. Um, I'm a fire teacher. Uh, or work in the mill up at Boise Cascade and stay up there for probably the rest of my life. So um, I didn't know what to do. I decided that uh, maybe I'd, I'd work in the mill like, you know, everybody else does uh, in International Falls. a great job. It's, uh, you know, it's it's why International Falls is clicking right now. Uh, but decided that I'd look and I found a job for a half-time FIAD coach uh, and coach. So I was a half-time FIAD teacher in Little Falls. I didn't even know where it was at. Came here, got the job, started back, uh, you know, back in '93, and and uh, it was uh, the hockey program had just uh, got a hockey arena in 1988, so it was very, very early in in their program. So, so you were there basically the at the job. beginning then. Uh, close. We had, uh, I had two other coaches before, um, and uh, but yeah, it was it was early on, and and. Uh, you know, had they were playing in the Central Lakes Conference, and you know, I remember back then one time I looked up our record in the Central Lakes. It was like one in a hundred, so we got <laughs> beat up pretty pretty good uh, for the first portion of of the times that we were in the Central Lakes. It was uh, it was interesting times there. I mean, I I remember the first uh, morning practice I had at, at Little Falls back in 93, I never said anything. I said, let's, hey, let's have a sweat practice tomorrow at 7. I was out on the ice with Dave Gindrich. He had played uh, at St. Cloud State for a little while. He was my assistant coach, and we and he was from International Falls. And the kids were walking on ice. One had a pair of choppers on. They had shin pads on the outside of their jeans. And we were like, what the heck is going on? You know, so... It was it was really early. Our first game, I put some sock tape out at, uh, um, or it must have been our first practice. I put sock tape out on on the little uh, table, and and we get out on ice. And Dave looks at me. And he said he kind of nudged me. He said, "Look at those kids." Kid came up to us and said, "Hey, coach, this tape for our new sticks, it just glides on ice when you put it on your stick. It's just awesome." <laughs> and Dave looked at me and just shook his head. And I said, "Well, don't. We're not going to tell him." Let them, let them, yeah, let them just put it on their stick for practice today, and and then we'll tell them what it really is for. So it was it was early times in 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 Little Falls, but but very good times too. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I, I I'm glad, I'm glad you told that story because you got a great team this year, and and, yeah. and a bunch of superstars, and we want to talk about those guys. Uh, but before we get to this year's team, let's go back in time to 2008. Uh, Danny, you you set the scene for what. Ben Hanowski does for high school hockey for Class A hockey, and he kind of put the put the uh, kind of put the, the, the Class A hockey on the map there with with, the, with their team and what they did. So, so it was Hanowski and Fester, right, Tony? 
Yeah, they we had Hanowski Fessler. We had uh, for a while we had not in the '09 team, but we had uh, Ben little brother or big brother Bo too, and uh, lots of good kids that uh, accented the, the team. So one of my favorite memories of Little Falls is when I was at St. Thomas, I was a senior um, in 2008. We play Little Falls as the opening game of the tournament. And I remember talking, we were talking at school beforehand, like, okay, who are these guys? They have a good record, but maybe not had played everybody, but they have two really good scores. And so I remember that game clearly because of one incident that happened <laughs> and it's continued to happen nearly every St. Thomas tournament where the opposing player will salute the St. Thomas student section after scoring. Do you recall that happening? Absolutely. Um, I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think there was some talk. Uh, in the locker room before I wasn't in the locker room, but later talking to the, the fellows, they, they had planned this. And, and Ben said, I'm going to get that goal and I'm going to do it. And, and uh, but uh, I remember that when it happened, it was just like, you know, just kind of, you, you just kind of buckle over a little bit on, on, Oh, did he just do that? And, and, you know, and I was like, Holy cow, you know, we're, you know, we're in the game. And it wasn't, I believe back, if I can remember right, it was, it wasn't until the third period that they kind of, yep. um, kind of got to us. And, and, uh, but, uh, I tell you a little story about a little bit behind it. Um, after he did that, um, after the period was done, um, I went through the tunnel and there was Craig Perry. Oh, and boy. Craig Perry and I go way back. He was at North Dakota yeah, when North I was Dakota there guy. as a grad assistant. And then he grew up in Fort Francis, which is right across the border. So I said, Craig, what's up? He ranted and raved, you cannot have your kids be doing that. And I said, do what? Well, saluting. And I said, really? You came all the way down here to tell me that I, our kids can't salute at the state tournament like this? Oh, that's just, that's not good sportsmanship, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, Greg. I said, I'll have our kids not be that when we score next time. And he kind of walked away, kind of shuffling around. And, well, sure enough, at the, at the end of the game or towards the end of the third period, what do you think happened? I don't know if you remember. St. Thomas saluted, saluted our stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And saluted it. And I was livid. So after the game, of course, I was hot because we lost. I tracked Craig Perry down, and I said, well, are you going to go over there and tell them that they can't salute anymore? And he kind of just looked at me and, and kind of sheepishly, you know, kind of went away. Well, the next year, I'm, I'm, we're at the state tournament. I can't remember if we're at the state tournament or where I've seen it, but they have their little intro, you know, with all the highlights from the, 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 year, before. the year before. Yep. But what do you think the high school league puts on there? I got chewed out for, for Ben Hanowski, but they put that on their intro, and I watch it all the time because it was, it, was, it was just a great time in, in Little Falls hockey. But, yeah, good old Craig was, was hot. He didn't want us to do that anymore, but then they put it right into the – their intro the next year. Oh yeah, so. people loved it. All right, so the 2009 yeah. 2009 team uh, is a special team. Uh, you guys go undefeated. Was there pressure throughout the year uh, to this undefeated thing? Was it was a cloud following you around, or was it something you well, kind of embraced? Yeah. Well, it was. It was. We embraced it. the The biggest part of and the challenge that year was all the scouts that came to watch Ben. It was constant. Every, game they would call me and I want to meet with you and 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 so on and so forth and and then also he was chasing the record 
So <laughs> the year be- the year before, um, uh, we had a good run and we scored lots of goals. And I ha- I couldn't play Fessler and Hanowski because we just we were just beating those teams at back then we didn't change our schedule. Like we would now Right. You get more, you know, better teams. We were in the, the conference and we had to play those and we had very limited, uh, you know, budget and, and travel and we weren't very well known and nobody wanted to play us. Um, so I couldn't play him. Um, but I vowed to myself that if he is chasing a record and that, it, that we need right from the get go, we are just going to play hockey and we're going to play all three, uh, lines, uh, probably one of the reasons why Jared Fester left early his senior year. He didn't play his senior year, went to Lincoln, um, because I didn't play him the year before in the third period. I don't think he saw the ice third period ever. So, um, but it was just a, a special time. There was just lots of things going on. The most memorable thing that happened that year is when, when, uh, when, uh, Ben broke the record. Our, our rink is small. It was unbelievably, it was packed at uh, the JV. The JV kids were just ecstatic because it was actually packed. And there yeah. were people <laughs> calling me that, you know, from all over the place wanting tickets. And we had a group of Norwegians that, uh, soldiers that were at Camp Ripley at the time, right by Little Falls. Uh, Mike Coral, our arena manager, let them in the back door. And there was probably 60 of them right next to our bench. And uh, they they couldn't believe what was going on. So it was just, uh, it was unbelievable. We stopped the game and presented them a plaque and, and, uh, it was something else that year. Uh, it was a, a great year. Um, your team this year, I want to get to this really quick. Uh, you obviously knew this was going to be a special team. Your son, Dane's the goalie. You've been, you've known this group all the way, you know, since they were in kindergarten yeah. all the way through. You right. built, you built a good schedule this year. Gentry, Denfeld, Warro, yep. Dodge County. There's no mistake. There's fingerprints on building a tough schedule. Yeah. Walk through that process. Well, it, it's 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 a good schedule, but it's very sad that we don't have our 25 games because that schedule was unbelievable. We had Matamidi. We were going to play in the triage with uh, uh, with two. I can't remember. It might have been Tatino Grace or somebody, and and Monticello, and um, we had just really uh, unbelievable schedule and we had lots of people um that we were excited about playing that would that offered to play us that that knew that we were going to be um you know a better team um so then the next time we went we dropped down to 18 we tried to get games and then they canceled that you know that season ended and then we had to redo our schedule again so um you know the process was just very difficult for our athletic director we were calling people trying to and then to try to lay it in Late, you know, two games a week, and find people that had the opening that week, and it was just very tough. But we're very excited. You know, we got world last minute. They were looking for a, a team or a, a team to play, and we were too. We couldn't find anybody, so uh, we're really ecstatic. We open up today with Sea River Falls. Um, we've been good. going back and forth for a little time, but uh, you know, we're excited. I I don't think that uh, we're an awesome team. I think we just have a bunch of kids that work hard. Um, we don't have one standout that is going to, you know, that is going to dazzle you too many times. Um, we just got a group of kids that, uh, you know, if Dane stops the puck, um, we'll be able <laughs> no to. No pressure, see, Dad. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Well, yeah, I'll remind them in a little bit here when I get off the phone, too. So, But, uh, yeah, it just, 
you just you just have to play and you know we got a lot of issues along with everybody you know all a small town you know we lose one or two kids that took covid we get an injury we get you know grades um, you know, there's just a lot of things that uh, could play a factor in, in this year's schedule. But we're excited about the team we have. You know, I always tell people that, you know, if they're going to state in youth hockey and they've done well, most of the time they will do, you know, it translates pretty good at high, at high school hockey, too. I mean, it's in, in aspects that we have in small towns. So they've, they've been to their little state tournaments and stuff at, at youth hockey and and, uh, you know, never made it to the championship game or anything like that, but been always very competitive. So we're hoping that continues and, and that uh, that we have a good season. And, and uh, you know, it's all about the end of the year. If we can get our kids to, to believe and, and to play their best hockey at the end of the year, then we'll be okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been a weird season to begin with. So uh, it's just bonus that we get to play our games. One last question. I want to just to highlight a few players on our team. We could probably do 10 minutes on your son, Dane. We just ran out of time. You got Gabe Hirsch, Nicholas Stevens, Gunnar Gustafson. Those are your top returners. What do they bring? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm, if, give me a scouting report. If I'm trying to play against you guys, how am I going to stop those guys from scoring? Uh, well, um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think good goalies have, uh, we don't score a lot of goals. Uh, we don't we don't go to the net as well as I think we should. Um, so keeping us to the perimeter is usually uh, a key. Uh, clogging up the middle of the ice sometimes. Yeah. Um, we're not great. We're not great to the neutral zone. Um, so, but once we get it in the offensive zone, and and uh, we're usually pretty good. They're pretty crafty. Um, and then in our zone, again, we we're just trying to get it out. You know, find a way to get it out. Game stop the puck. Um, and, and, and then let's get, get down to the other end. So it's unlike a uh, nine where you just kind of let them go. I mean, I didn't do much coaching that year, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they, they just kind of, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, I believe it was, uh, Ben's senior year. He, I believe he got mono. It was either his junior or senior year. And, uh, he went behind the bench and basically, uh, beat Brainerd for us when he was sitting on the bench. I, I just stood next to him and he was incredible. Uh, what he saw and, and what he brought to the, the coaching of the game that day. And we beat Brainerd and, you know, it, I mean, he pretty much coached the team. So um, sometimes coaches, uh, you know, I mean, should learn from their players. And But, yeah, we're, we're a decent team. Um, and uh, we're, if, if we work hard um, and uh, we score goals, we should be okay. Um, it's the days that uh, the puck doesn't go in the net or it goes off the crossbar across our five times and then we get in trouble all right last question that you've been at this for 20 plus years or maybe even 28 years yeah. um 28 and now you get a chance to coach your son in his senior year have you been looking forward to this for a long time yeah i just got a little bit of chills when you said that so it, it is it, it's um it's very gratifying i know a couple of years ago I, I called before he got up to as a sophomore I called a couple coaches and talked to a couple coaches that had coached their own kid. And, you know, it's not always what it's cracked up to be. Um, there's just difficult times because you have to put your dad's hat on and you have to put your coach's hat on and you have to coach your kid. And, and um, most of my staff that, that uh, have the last couple years and have coached their kids, you know, at one time or another before I coached Dane. So I, I got... I've seen some of the ugliness of it and some of the good things of it and the gratifying things, but uh, have been 
awesome. It's it's been a good thing. I get to spend time with him, and and uh, who knows what's going to happen next year? Whether he's going to go try play hockey some more, which is his plans, or depending on what happens. But it it is. It's you get to see him. You get to, you get nervous for him in in two different ways as a as a coach and a player. And and uh, when I, when we were back playing in a, a lot of your your games and tournaments that we uh, signed up for. Uh, I could never watch him because I didn't want him to mess up. I didn't want him to be the goalie that let the bad goal in for the other parents to look at me and say, your kid's not stopping the puck. Um, well, that didn't happen very away, often, by the way, just for the record. Yeah. yeah. Um, that kind of went away when I got to coach him in hockey. And, and things happen, and, and you just try to do your best as a coach and as a parent. And, and uh, you know, nobody goes out and, and tries to fail. Um in high school hockey. I mean, kids are working as hard as they can and mistakes are going to be made. And, um, I've never had a kid that, that is going out there and purposely, uh, playing bad. So, um, it is what it is. And, and, uh, I'm excited for him. Um, uh, he's our captain this year along with Gabe Hirsch and, and, uh, Joey Majorly and they're great kids. And, and, uh, we're hoping with, uh, you know, all the adversity that we've had this year, uh, just to just to go up and, and play hockey and, and have a memorable senior year for uh, for Dane and, and for the team. Well, that's great. You got your uh, your captains are all from on the back end, so you you built like a a true defensive squad, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, and good kids and kids that are positive with with one another and and able to uh, uh, to say things to kids when they need a, a little kick in the butt too. Well, we really appreciate your time today joining us on the show. Hopefully we get a lot of people from uh, International Falls and Little Falls tuning in. Uh, we appreciate your time, Tony. Absolutely. It was it was a great time and, and uh, made me feel really good about talking about old times again. Tony Kuchar, Thank head, you very much. Head, Tony Kuchar, head coach at Little Falls High School. Thank you, Tony. And, well, thank you, Tony. <laughs> yeah, really. Double thank you, Tony. <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun and really just some deep dives on there that I was not expecting. And it was just – that was really exciting. I uh, was blown away by all of his coaching influences. I just couldn't believe it. You know, he just dropped a name after name after name after name. It was fun to fun to – take part of that one next time we're able to go to the state tournament and at the x uh, coach i got a drink for you and we need to swap some stories yeah but there's <laughs> but there's at least an hour and a half shutting down mcgovern <laughs> <laughs> yeah good stuff good stuff great guy i hope he you know after the show he talked about maybe retiring after his son goes out and he says yeah but there's part of me that's still uh i'm still going 100 percent with this thing i'm not giving it half effort i'm still 100 percent. so hopefully you know he could go into that you know that uh 40 year range yeah you know? but that's, i thought the interesting thing after the show he said there's not a lot of coaches who make it 28 years yeah i know no. that was because they have kids and they want to go watch their rights play or whatever yeah there aren't a lot of them that's true it's true so and we can probably all name them as well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I got seven hundred wins, right? Five hundred wins. Those mm-hmm. are the guys, you know. So, um, so we'll try to continue to do co- uh, coach interview every week. We're gonna mix it up probably between class A and class two A every other week. It's kind of what our thoughts are right now, but more to come on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. So where do we start? Well, we start with a couple of games of the past. I got some fun nuggets to throw up there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see many upsets yesterday. There were a few. There was uh, some eye openers. Some eye openers. Th- Thursday there were two. 
Um, one, yeah. Actually, one was in girls, sorry, but the Delano mom was the one, but then Breck girls who haven't lost. Well, I would, okay. Breck girls well, haven't lost Anyway, come, come on, come on, come on. Okay, so let's start off Monticello 5, Chicago Lakes 3. Needed an empty net goal in this one, too. God, yes, they were behind, too, in that game. So I just thought that was interesting. I think they play again this week. Do they really? Yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of a round-robin stuff going on. But that's that's an interesting score for 5A. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior Lake 4, Lakeville North 1. Prior Lake (laughs) was in control of this one the whole time. Yep. Um, Rosemount three Burns or Rosemount four Burnsville three. Yep. I thought this was a good score to kind of tell you where Rosemount is in three double A this year. Yep. Uh, and they are likely the second best team on paper. On paper. Yeah. Um, Duluth Denfeld four Duluth East four in overtime. Carl, you were there. Was there anything of note there? Uh, it was an entertaining game, back and forth. Good, good talent. Um, you know, there, there are two teams that, you know, East has a lot of young talent. It's definitely going to be a, going to be some, you know, growing pains over the course of the season. But there's stuff to build around. Denfeld, obviously, they've got the front end talent, but you just wonder if that defense can hold up against someone like a Hermantown. Well, Hermantown, I didn't note their scores, but they have a lot of points so far. Zamplant has five goals, and it's yeah, we're going to see. Well, the games. Yeah, yeah. They put on on a you know a football score on Eveleth, right? Yeah, twelve one. I know, I know. <laughs> I saw that. And so I how, how do you get how do you get one point in football? Uh, you return an extra, extra point, point and get one point called off. You can get two points that way. That's two points. That's yeah. Two points. Yeah, I never yeah. thought of that. That'd nice try, cool. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay. This one was interesting. This was an eye popper, I think, for the whole state. St. Louis Park four, Edina four in overtime. Edina needed a last minute goal to push this to overtime. Five seconds. Five seconds, and uh, St. Louis Park's goaltender is a freshman. And so this was interesting. So little backstory here. On Wednesday, one of my uh, hockey mom reaches out to me. Uh, Christy Middleton reaches out to me, and she's, she's got a son who's got 08. It's like a peewee, and one that's like a freshman. I, Josh has been all over the place. Uh, I thought he was playing Bantams at Edina, to be honest with you, because he's been <laughs> in the Edina system and the St. Louis Park system. I didn't know where he was. He's an OLG kid. Yeah. You know, so so <laughs> she's like she's trying to get her team in, St. Louis Park team into a tournament, and she's like, oh, by the way, Brett made varsity at St. Louis Park his first games against Edina. <laughs> They're going to get killed. Basically, we're going to get killed. <laughs> that's that's all it was, right? I thought it was kind of interesting. So then I tune in the third period. The game's getting close, and Paul Nitz says, yeah, they have a freshman goalie. I'm like, he is starting. And he had 53 saves, so 57 shots on goal. And and don't get me wrong, like, St. Louis Park was leading in this game. And Edina had, I mean, in, in the overtime, St. Louis Park had three or four Four two-on-ones. Yeah. He died at a bunch of chances, too, but it was like they could have easily won this game. The important note on this, and I, I noted this a couple of times when I was at the Blake Wyzetta game on the radio, is there are not a lot of section games this year, Mm-mm. and there's not a lot of crossover. So you need to kind of really control what you – Win and who you. Beat. This one's gonna hurt them at the section meeting. This is gonna really mm-hmm. hurt Edina, Edina a lot. Yep. So, um, I just that 
that one's going to come back around later this season. Another one that's going to come back around for section play, Mount West Tonka 4, Delano 2. This one was probably the biggest shocker or one of them for me this week. Absolutely. Class A, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for it's sure. It's funny, a uh, little backstory. Mount West Tonka, when these kids were seniors uh, or seventh grade, they won the state tournament. Too bad, like, all of them were gone. Luke Roloffs, Nick Blood, all, uh, the, the, the kid with the mane, uh, the big the big hair uh, at Breck. Ben Affleck. No, I what, can't what think of his name right now. <laughs> I can't think of his name right yeah. <laughs> like, charades, long hair, you know, Mustangs. Uh, no, I can't think of his name right now. But Ride that Mustang. They were, uh, but they've somehow pieced it together, patched together, you know, shout out to Jake Hennerman, the coach at Mound. Yeah, that's a big win for them. That's a huge win. So I, I this makes 2A interesting. And hopefully it's a punch in the face that Delano needed yeah. to start the season to know that they're not – they're going to get tested. For sure. For because sure. 2A is always complicated. So it, I thought that was interesting. Grand Rapids 6, Cloquet 1. That's a really good cementing win, I thought, for Grand Rapids. Um, an interesting one, St. Thomas Academy 5, Hastings 4, and St. Thomas needs some late goals in this one as well. Yep. So um, I'm keeping an eye out on Hastings. They will play again later this week, too. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yep. What did you call it, Carl, before the show? Like a round robin or something with yeah, Holy well, Family? With, with Holy Family, too. It's like those three teams are just playing each other. <laughs> two right. Yeah. Like a tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three teams that have nothing to do with each other at all. <laughs> no. Well, Hastings and St. Thomas are in the same conference, and that's why I think they're yeah. playing each other twice. Uh, but still. But still. <laughs> um, White Bear Lake 5, Roseville 5 in overtime. This kind of gave me an understanding of what White Bear is this year. Oh, White Bear, White Bear White 1. Bear one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. White Bear 4. 5-4. 5-4. Sorry, I didn't type the 4, so I just typed the overtime, and I assumed yep. that was a tie. Sorry, that's my bad. Can I name another tie? <sighs> Northfield 5, Dodge County 5 yep. in overtime. Hmm. Yep. And that one was interesting. There was least. another 4-4 tie on Thursday night. I don't remember what it was, but I was – Going through all the scores, I was like, wow, we got a bunch of 4 4 ties tonight. Oh, it was well, a Denton game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. yep. Um, and then Friday night, Blake 5, Wyzetta 1. Wyzetta, again, they need scoring. I don't know where it's coming from. They puck controlled the hell out of that game. And, and neutral zone play was really, really good. But there was probably about five minutes of the whole game that they were not on their game, and that's when Blake capitalized on it. Really? Yeah, it, it was just um, certain moments like uh, power play goal in the first, uh, probably one that tipped off of a YZ player in the second to go up 2 nothing. Yep. And, I mean, shots were... Two to one, three to one, Wyzetta. Really? Yeah. And so this game could have been five to one the other way. It, if, but the, the key of the game was Axel Reed. Yeah. Axel Reed's yeah. Uh, top top senior goaltender. Keep an eye out on him. Yeah, he and Limesand are right up there. I would say his top potential yeah. for for sure. And so and they'll play this week. Wow. They, well, yeah, thank you for the plug, Carl. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought uh, this is another. Huge section game 
for six mm-hmm. because big win, fought, even though there's an empty net, and O'Leary pulled his goaltender at like the 350 mark yeah. or something. He's going all Patrick Waugh on the deal, right? <laughs> yeah, because like yeah. I'm calling it with uh, Zach Halverson, and Zach's like, oh, penalty. And I was like, that was a no, no uh, offside <laughs> sack. And he's like, what, what do you mean the goaltender was out? And I was like, he's pulling no, the he's goaltender. <laughs> he's like, oh. That's so funny. I know. It, 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 it's weird to get back into the hang of things, like going to rinks and all that and seeing games. Yeah. When you haven't seen stuff in person since yeah, March. Months. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can I just say, I think the big winner of first week in Section 6AA is uh, Creighton. Uh, Creighton, Creighton, definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because you know, Edina now oh. has a blemish. Why is that now has a blemish? And if you want that number one seed with that, you know, suburban schedule, you need these teams to lose some weird games, and it's happening. Yeah. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. I like that. That's a hot take. Um, I, I would also argue, that but you got to say Creighton still got to go eighteen and zero. I, they yeah, got to yeah. go eighteen and zero. Of course they do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then, um, I also think. Carl, that St. Louis Park really raised their stock this week. They also yeah. beat Chaska three to two, which I, is good. But I mean, a win's a win. I think with that, I'm having flashbacks to when these kids were pewees, and they were pretty darn good. They were feisty. They weren't bad. I mean, they gave teams trouble. So it's no surprise that now that they're in high school and they're doing pretty well. I mean, you go ask the Wyzettas and the and the Maple Groves. I mean, they didn't lose. To, they didn't lose to these guys, but they gave them they gave them fits. Well, we could maybe ask in our pre-show about that to um, Kyle Kukinen, who we are interviewing later yeah. in the show. So yeah. that's something to kind of throw out there. Um, interesting score, at least from my side: Saint Cloud Cathedral three, Morris Benson two. Um, that's probably the closest that game's been in twenty Ever? years. So I just—that's insane. Yeah, I know. Just say that one more time. <laughs> Saint Cloud Cathedral three, Morris Benson, which I don't even know the mascot. The Lightning. No, maybe? I was thinking the same lightning. thing. Must, are they the Lightning? lightning okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's two. So like, that's a one goal game. I don't care where shots are on that. If you're a one goal game to Morris Benson. We might see some new oh blood in six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an eye popper. That was an eye popper to me. Um, Centennial seven, Elk River three. I thought this is a good game to show everybody. Centennial is going to be Centennial the, had nine goals in their first game. I mean, yeah, that's, they're the real yeah, deal. What's that tell you? They're the real deal. Yeah. So keep an eye out on them. Eden Prairie's one game this week, six to two over St. Michael Elverville. Um, St. Thomas Academy, yeah. what, Carl? No, that was just an eh, my yeah. reaction to that Eden Prairie score. I, that was mine, too. <laughs> it was just worth noting that they won convincingly. Uh, I yep. was in the halls uh, at Super Inc. last night, and Brianna just showed up from that game, and she goes, guess what the score was? And I go, Eden Prairie 7, St. Michael 2. She goes, you were close. I mean, you could have not. Went yeah. to the game and knew what that was going to be about that kind of a score. Yep. So that's that's all I'm saying with that score is it's just one of our top teams in the state won yep. convincingly. Yep. Um, uh, an interesting score, especially after the Hastings won. St. Thomas Academy seven, Holy Family zero. I, so can you remind me why I was saying all those nice things about Holy Family preseason again? 
They do have talent oh. at Holy Family. <laughs> really good talent. But I, I I don't know. This one's this was a shocker to me. Okay. There's gonna be a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of these. The first couple weeks, there's going to be no rhyme or reason for any of this. And so it's kind of putting stuff together right now. And another one trying to put together um, uh, North Dakota scores uh, Grand Forks Central 7, EGF 4. That one's not as half as surprising as the first one. Next one you're going to read. I didn't write that other one down. Red River beat EGF 6 1, I think. And, and, um, and then Rosa, Rosa turned around and beat, and beat him six, six, two. six two. Yeah, yeah. Beat Red River. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Rosa Rosa put a nine spot up on TRF. I want to say. Yeah. Bemidji. And, Bemidji. Okay. Yeah. But still, nine spot on a section rival of Bemidji. Is, yeah. I watched part of that game because it was a six o'clock start, and I had my all my gear up, and I was watching. Like, oh, I watch a little, a little bit of this stuff. They're good. They are very good. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, Little Falls 4, Thief River Falls 2. Just Mm -hmm. gives you some idea how good Rozo is. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, Well, no, because Rozo didn't play TRF. I got that wrong. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. They play this week. (laughs) They They play this week. I did notice that. But uh, Little Falls, uh, just watch out. I know we've pimped them a lot this show, but watch out for them this Uh, year. He, uh, Tony Kuchar mentioned me this week when I was scheduling the call. He goes, thanks a lot for making us number five. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that high. You know? Um, okay. Grand Rapids three Moorhead zero. I thought this is a good win. Rapids traveling all the way to Moorhead for that one. Um, good win by them. Um, the state champions last year played each other again. Hill Murray two Montemidi one. I thought that's a good win by Hill and a close game by Montemita. Both teams have yeah. stuff to work on. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. I, I, that's how I took away from that. Um, and then Maple Grove 7, Champlin Park 1. Really? So they I ran did not a, see that score. Yeah, it was. I saw their Elk River score, but I didn't see this score. They ran away with that one in the third, I believe. Okay. And then the game Carl was at last night, Duluth East. Two Cloquet one. Anything of note in that one, Carl? Mm, it wasn't a very exciting game. East was really a control. It's just a Cloquet shot blocked a lot, and East stuck a couple through. Okay, that's kind of all I have. I can't believe you guys are being so nice to me today. I mean, I pick East Grand Forks number one in the state, and they come out and lay an egg. Yeah, well, they haven't lost anyone in Minnesota yet. That's true. I like. I don't really care. You could play somebody. You could play a Quebec major junior team. It, it doesn't matter. It was does not matter. It does. It's not a litmus test. So you call this a scrimmage then, basically? A glorified, fun, outdoor game. I don't think the kids in Grand Forks and East Grand Forks I consider don't think this so a scrimmage. Either. I, I don't think, it's think so. Important either. that they just got pumped by both teams. Well, I think know. it's important for morale in their locker room for sure, but when it comes down to, you know, where <coughs> they're going to be ranked in eight, you know, come to the end of it the does, season. It has no bearing on no that. No bearing they still, on they still got. I'm this guessing, is a pride award. I'm guessing they still got two games against Waro to, to earn their number one seed in the yeah. section, to play them probably for the third time in the year like they do every year. So, Well, I, I remember, like, when I was in high school – Creighton was in a different class for basketball. They were right. bigger, right? right? And so, I, yeah, we wanted to beat them, but it didn't change whether or not we were going to go to state or how we were ranked or anything like that. So, yeah, 
It, it didn't make a difference. Right, I agree. Okay, so no no panic button yet on East Grand Forks? I, I think you can still keep your stock there, Tony. All right, all right, okay. Yeah, just watch the, watch the goaltending because they, they outshot both but like both the Grand Forks teams and you know, we're in good control of the games. Do but you know who the, uh, giving up a lot on their own end. Do you know who the goaltending coach is at East Grand Forks? I do, obviously. Who is it? Carter Career. Yeah, Carter Career. He's also the goaltending yeah. coach for the Fargo Force and – Kid's making a name for himself. That's He's for a sure. stud. I'm blaming these two losses on Carter Career, 100. <laughs> percent I taught him everything he knows about announcing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. What's next? What's next? Um, I think we're gonna do an interview with Mr. Hockey, quote unquote, finalist Kyle Kukin. He's not a finalist yet, but uh, he will be. That's well, for sure. You want to hand over the interview to me? Sure. Go ahead, Danny. Take it away. Oh, thank you, Tony. Sorry about that. Didn't see the f- finger cues there, but we are joined here with Kyle Kukinen, senior forward and Michigan Tech commit from Maple Grove. Kyle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on, being the first player guest of the year so far. Um, real appreciate that. We'll but the second Kukinen to ever be on this show. That is very true, Tony. Thank you. Um, so, Tony, since you already want to jump the gun here, do you want to ask the questions first? I feel like a sprinter at the line. I've been waiting for this You're interview on the blocks. for a long time. I've been excited for this, uh, Kyle. I'm um, really antsy today. I know. <laughs> I know. I've been uh, a certain type of caffeine, I guess. Try um, TMD. And uh, anybody who can keep me in my place, it's 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 Kyle Kukin, and he's uh, gotten me a few times, haven't you, Kyle, over the years? Oh, quite a few times. <laughs> More than you've got me, for sure, I'd say that. <laughs> I know. I pump his tires, and he slashes mine. <laughs> Go up to the parking lot of the community center. What's just happened here? <laughs> Pretty much the case. Uh, so let's go back. Uh, it's funny you, you when your YHH kind of really got it go, got itself going, uh, covering youth hockey, squirt hockey particularly, and it was your team that won the first squirt tacular. What are your memories of the early days of YHH and the early days of your youth career? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was like having ESPN follow you. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh no, I'm just messing with you. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't know too much about it. I just remember this youth hockey hub was running the Squirtacular. And at first, I'm like, who names the tournament the Squirtacular? But, you know. That's a, that's a pretty important question. Can we, can we spend some time on this? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> weird name. What I tell you? He's going to roast me the whole show. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. Keep going, Keep Cukes. going. Keep going. No, I mean. I didn't really know too much about it. The first memory I probably have was I think it was the Eat of Prairie tournament. And I think you referred to me and JJ as the Biddy brothers. Yes. And then I think that's the first time. Yeah. That's probably the first time I actually acknowledged it. Otherwise, I guess is just what 10 year old kid playing hockey with his friends. I didn't know too much about it till about that article. Then kind of he followed around for the rest of our youth career. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's cool to see that you followed all throughout, but I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it too much, but I know, you put on great tournaments, and it was a lot of fun to play, be a part of. That was so, cool. Kyle, is it uncomfortable to have someone following you around that much? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, not too much. I mean, it's a little uncomfortable when you got Jay Faber on the bench, but it's, <laughs> nah, I, I'm just, I'm just kidding. He, he's great to have on the bench, but no, nah, it wasn't too bad to be honest. 
Oh, man, you're a superstar already. Uh, speaking of that, I want to go back to a couple of the squirts, and we won't do a ton of youth stuff, but the, the, you guys had a pretty nice rivalry. You won every time, but there were some great games of White Bear Lake where they had the Lucius brothers and, and Leighton Road. Remember, do you remember those rivalry games? I think you probably played them four or five times in the White Bear tournament, the Squirtacular, Fargo, all the way down the line. What do you remember about those? Uh, I remember the... My memory of the Fargo tournament was we always talk about it. The first shift we go out there, like lose the face off, dump or no, we win the face off, dump it in or something. Then like every single one of us fell down and we end up giving up a two on O to the Lucius brothers. And like thirty seconds into the game, we're down one zero and we're like, oh great. But that's that's one thing I remember. I don't know. I didn't know Leighton Road at the time, but I kind of got to know him after I think Kiwi years and then. I think they're a lot of fun. I think one of the main memories for me is uh, Squirtacular. The the one guy that my buddy Ryan Reed, the yes. unsung hero. He he still rem- remembers that article, and he still busts his chops about that one. But he's he he's that's what I remember about the Squirtacular. There, there's what was what did I say something about him? I can't remember what did I say about him. I don't know. He scored like the game winner and he called him the unsung hero. And, you know, that's what he's known as now, Maple Grove. He's actually managing our high school team this year. So, <laughs> well, much better manager than, than Maple Grove had last year in the state tournament. Walk through that. Remember that? You guys were the, you got on the hockey hair video and you guys became team managers because you were in, injured. Walk through that process. Well, I, well, so me and Jonathan Hallstrom were hurt and we're like, I mean, we got to do something to like, either get on the jumbotron, whatever it is. So we're kind of, we're thinking about it for a while. Couldn't really come up with anything. And we're kind of bringing the waters out and we bring the smelling salts out. And we're like, we got to crack one of these right in front of the coaches. And they'll just be standing there. So that was like, <laughs> it was last minute, but it, it was pretty funny. Uh, it was so funny how that worked out. I saw that video. I clipped it. I'm like, oh, we got to get these guys in there. This is going to be great. This is great. All right. Uh, before we get on to some more high school-related stuff, uh, you, you, you had, I call it, it was like the holy trinity of youth hockey lines. You, Brock Faber, and Justin Janicki, JJ, played together all the way through your youth, your six youth career years. Um, walk through those days of playing, being on that line. It was just, it was, it was something magical to watch uh, those years. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think in squirts, I don't know if we played with Brock quite as much, but then once we got to Peewees, it kind of was set in stone that we were going to play together. And I don't know if things just clicked. I mean, me and JJ kind of like to play a small little buzz game, and Fabe's kind of bought into that as well, and he was great at coming across in the neutral zone. So, I mean, I thought we all just kind of complemented each other's games really well. And then Getting into, I think, like, first-year Bantams and second-year Peewees, Brock started taking interest in D. Yep. And then, like, we kind of, for, like, a year, we kind of, like, nah, you're playing forward. Like, you're playing with us. <laughs> and then uh, Coach Tom Adolph in first-year Bantams, like, what well, wouldn't let him play D, and Brock just wanted to play D so bad. And then finally, like, end of the year, second half, Brock finally got to play defense the rest of the year. And that and team, then, that team know, was a little bit surprising. You guys made it all the way to the state final. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That was a good run. That was a lot of fun. It was awesome playing at Marshall's rink. That was a pretty cool rink. That was cool. Yeah, and then he ended up he ended up moving to D second year Bantams, and I think that, honestly, is probably my favorite year of hockey I've had, or youth hockey, I guess. I think we had uh, two first-year Bantams, so we were a pretty old team, and we were all pretty familiar with each other, so that was a lot of fun. 
I, I think but, I yeah, saw I, like I, three games or plus of you guys that year, and I don't watch youth. That's a hockey. rock. That's rock star status. If Danny <laughs> Ryan comes to your game as a man, I'm, that's I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> you guys were good, really good. Yeah, no, and then he uh, he moved back to D, and I still give him crap. I'm like, yeah, I know you're still a forward. Like, <laughs> you still should be a forward. I mean, he's he's actually all right at that defense thing, but I still give him crap that he should still play forward. <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay for him. So you're watching the World yeah, Juniors. No, you're watching the World Juniors last week or two weeks ago. Uh, what's going through your head watching your best buddy growing up uh, win win a world championship like that? Uh, it was unbelievable. I was really happy for him. Uh, it was kind of right away. It was a little surreal. I didn't, couldn't really believe that he was out there when he was just playing with us, what, two and a half, three years ago at parade in the state tournament, which was kind of hard to believe. But I mean, he's just gotten so much better since going to the program. And I think he's just really developed and watching him get stronger and all the things in the off season. It's, I think it's really cool to watch and see it pay off on the world stage like that it was something really cool. Well, let's talk about you for a second, Kyle. You come back for your senior year. You were playing before uh, this all started at uh, Minot, right? So what yeah. what kind of went into coming back for a senior year, and what do you have to prove this year? I mean, I'm not really into proving it individually. I think just experiencing that state tournament last year as a manager – I just want to be able to lead my team and be a part of it and be a positive influence and kind of just get us back there on that stage and hopefully be a little more successful than we were last year. But watching my older brother and uh, like being a part of his senior year when I was a sophomore, I think that was probably my favorite year of hockey ever because I knew his buddies and they knew me. So I think that was probably going through his senior year was really cool for me. And I think like wanting to experience that with my buddies and especially after last year only playing, I think it was eight games is kind of, uh, I mean, the whole time I just couldn't wait to put on that crimson Jersey again. So I think the whole, like the whole time, like in my not, like it was awesome. I loved it. But like the first game back for Maple Grove was kind of like the first moment where I like, like, yeah, I'm back. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, I mean, those were all really fun, but like being there with my Maple Grove high school friends, that's where I wanted to be. And I think I made the right choice. I'm really happy to get the season going. Hopefully it can stay on on strong with all the protocol. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let's do, Carl, you want to do a lightning round? Yeah, let's do a lightning round. You want to go first, Carl? Uh, sure. So, Kyle, we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions back and forth here. Uh, I'll start with, what's your favorite rink? Favorite? I'm going to go Osseo. Both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite goal? Favorite goal, Bantam semifinals, why is that up? I remember uh, that. Favorite coach? Favorite coach, Thomas Adolph. And uh, can't forget Jay Faber, <laughs> the, the master of the bench minor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite person to feed the puck to? Um, I'm going to go Cal Thomas. I, I told him yesterday. In our game, I'm like, you know, when I pass it to you and you're open, I just figure you're going to bury it because it's either going to go through the goalie or you're going to hit a spot where he's not. So I think I like passing <laughs> to him right now. <laughs> nice. Uh, favorite teammate? Favorite t- Grant Zick. Favorite rival to he play? Dri- he dri- he, he, what? Go, Kyle. Well, Zick drives us nuts. He drives us nuts <laughs> quite a bit in practice, but I got to say he's, he's my favorite teammate. <laughs> 
Um, favorite rival to play? Favorite rival. Oh man, that's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go just the first game of the turkey trot. My my sophomore year, we played ended up playing Wyzetta, but then we played Edina the next year. But I think just so Wyzetta Edina first game of the year at the turkey trot, I'd say is my favorite game. Your brother said Wyzetta, if you're wondering. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carl, Carl, go. Um, least favorite teammate. Least favorite teammate. I'm, I'm gonna go Henry Nelson just because he uh, can take it. I'm gonna go Henry Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that one coming he, from a mile away. He he knows I love him, but I, I just like to give him crap. You guys roast that poor guy all the time. Why? It's just it's just his personality. I don't know. Henry and Vic, we give a hard time, and then I would say Jack, but you know, I, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah, oh, don't yeah. do that. Okay, um, best hockey player in your family. Uh, mom. I was gonna knew that was Ooh. coming. I knew that was coming. Carl, uh, who's your favorite brother? <laughs> These are oh, good. No. Oh, I'm gonna go, David. 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 Yeah. On your toes. Okay. Um, favorite Tony Scott moment. Oh God. Ooh. Um, man, there are too many. <laughs> it's okay. We can. I, I'm trying to think of a good one. Uh. I'm gonna go being his taller guy on one of the one of the youth games. I'm gonna go with. Okay. I think it's that Eden Prairie. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Carl. Ooh, how was that? <laughs> I mean, I was good. I, I was keeping it from falling apart. I mean, the rail, mm-hmm. the train was going off the tracks once he started talking, but I had to bring her back. <laughs> okay, Carl. Yeah, Danny can relate, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pre-game meal. <laughs> uh, p- two peanut butter and jellies. Um, best player in the state other than you? Um, I'm going to go Luke Middlestat or Jack Pert, one of the two. Okay. Hmm. Carl? Okay. Uh, what's Maple Grove going to do this year? Win a state championship. Excellent. <laughs> I, I got none left, Carl. Do you have any left? I think that's a good note to end on. That was great. That is good. That was fun. Well done, Kooks. Well done. All right, what's the next step here? I'm going to go um, games of the future, and then we're going to do pick'ems. Kooks, you want to stay on for pick'ems? Yeah, I'll stay. Okay, cool, cool. Um, okay, games of the future that aren't pick'em games. Um, Bloomington Kennedy and Bloomington Jefferson play this week. It'll be a madhouse at Big. Oh, that's right. Only- It'll be the most people at Bloomington in <laughs> from mind. Bloomington in a rink at one time. Yeah, forty-eight or whatever. <laughs> so the numbers there are a joke. How low they are. Uh, not normally. I mean, I'm saying in normal, normal time. It's packed normally, but it's going to be yes. gross, bad. So, Matamidi versus Benilde this week. That should be a good tester for both of those squads. Mm-hmm. Two good goaltenders, really, as well. Yep. STMA mm-hmm. and Moorhead kind of are fighting it out for the number two seed in eight double A, and they play today or this week. Sorry, not today. Um, Minnetonka, Edina, Edina, Eden Prairie, Wyzetta, Eden Prairie, um, Wyzetta, Minnetonka, and probably some other late conference <laughs> matchups in there. But uh, they're not in there anymore. I know. I was a joke. <laughs> But there is some <laughs> late conference fun um, this week, so there should be some good matchups and good testing of those squads. 
Um, Hastings and Holy Family play this week, as we said with the round robin between them and St. Thomas. Hastings also plays St. Thomas again. Armstrong Cooper plays Maple Grove. Speaking of kooks here, Prior Lake and Rosemount to kind of see where Prior Lake is at. This Mm -hmm. is a good game for that. Uh, White Bear Lake, Creighton. Uh, White Bear Lake needs a step-up game, and we need to see how good Creighton is at slamming the door. And Lakeville North, Lakeville South. Is, a lot of good games. Yeah. It, it was easy to come up with games this week. A lot of good games. All right. Let's yep. go pick them. I'm going to oh, go. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Carl. Oh, that's right. He had some more games, maybe. Yeah. Carl, did I Do miss I anything? The talk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Did I miss anything, Carl? Nothing big. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I guess I'm most interested in the sort of the Eden Prairie's two Lake Conference games because I've got. Why is that any Dinah who both you know, had a rough patch in their opening week? And then here's sort of the untested number one or possible number one alongside Maple Grove. So, uh, yeah, I think that's where my my interest is in, in the late conference mess. It, All right. It's going to be easier to see where these teams are at after this week, I think. I think so. Yes. I think so. Now can I have Yes, now you can have throttle. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Here we go. go. All right, Cooks, you're gonna go last, Danny second, Carl third. Uh Mankato East and Northfield. I'm gonna go with uh, the double A team. I'm gonna go Northfield in this one. A little tricky for all of us, but we know a few kids on each of these teams. Uh Danny? I'm gonna go Mankato East. I'm gonna say that they have more to prove after the Dodge County tie. They're gonna prove that they're "Quote unquote transitive property better than Dodge County." Carl. Yeah, I think I'm going to follow Danny's logic here, which is probably a dangerous thing to do. But I, I did pick Mankato East to win the section, and if, well, by the transitive property, if Dodge County's tying Northfield, Mankato East should beat Northfield. That they should. They should. Kyle, you know anything about Northfield or Mankato East? Uh not. Not too much about Northfield, but I know a little Mankato East, and uh, Tony went with Northfield, so I'm going to go Mankato East. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep that going. Here we go. All right, uh, this will be a good game. Um, uh, Grand Rapids, Hill Murray. Where is this game being played? Uh, That game, I Uh, I think it's at Aldrich. Yeah, at Aldrich, okay. So at Hill Murray. Danny, you're up. I'm going to go Grand Rapids here, actually. The Grand Rapids Shocker. O- only one goal so far this year. Um, Jack Pert in the gang. I think that, you know, Hill struggled to score in the regular season last year. A low-scoring game favors Grand Rapids. All right, good call. Uh, Carl? I'm going to stick with Hill until they lose. All right, I like that pick. All right, now you don't get to read my putts this time, Mr. Kukkonen. Uh, who are you going to pick this one? Um, it's a toss-up, but I'm gonna go Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, I like that pick. Uh, since Kyle picked Grand Rapids, I'm gonna take uh, Hill Murray. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot Good funny when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the next one? Uh, I'm still getting over that slam. Uh, okay, I'd like a little discussion on this one. <laughs> I'm still getting up off the floor after that I, one. I don't want a short answer response. I want an essay with a body paragraph. 
Okay, yes. Okay, here's Charlie. two opponents. The, uh, Champlin Park, who you guys just defeated, Kyle, and Centennial, who likely will be the two seed in your section if all plans out. Uh, Champlin Park, Centennial. Carl, you get to go first. Uh, I think Centennial's been impressive so far. Champlin is not. I'm going to go with the Cougars. Kyle, not to get you in any trouble, who are you going to take in this one? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go Centennial, to be honest. <sighs> no, I got to go against Kyle on this one. Are you going to? No, I'm not. I'm going to gooch it. I'm going to put the yeah, gooch on Centennial. Yeah, let's keep this a swing, clean, clean sweep. sweep on I, Centennial. I, I need, this is a proving game for uh, Champlin. It is. It really is. They got a young team. They're they're a good squad though. They got some good players. Yeah, the the Centennial scores last weekend were notable. This would be an interesting one. Uh, Benil St. Margaret's Blake Kyle. You know a few of these guys, Maskey for sure. But I'm sure you know these guys from Elite League and youth hockey pretty well. What do you like in the Blake Benil game? I'm gonna go with the big night for Axel Reed. I'm gonna go Blake. <laughs> Big night for not the Red Knights. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go the other goalie. I'm going to go... Uh, Carson Limesand? Limer. I'm going to go Limesand. I'll go Benilde on this one. And Danny, you're up. So, uh, fun fact, I learned Helverson's call from the section final game... crazy. ...was getting played at Blake instead of Bell's. The week after the game. So they just played after class was like the goal to, call. The goal call during the transition time to get to class, That's which is cool. really cool. <laughs> um, that being said, Benilde has had this game on their schedule <laughs> and looking forward to it ever since that goal. I'm yeah. going Benilde. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Uh, Carl? Yeah, even though Blake got our attention last week with that wise out of win, I do think Benilde's a better team top to bottom, so go with the Red Knights. All right. Final game is the uh, Totino-Maple Grove game. Uh, Totino's got a nice young nucleus. Reminds me a lot of the Maple Grove kids when they first came out of Bantams. Uh, I'm going to definitely go with Totino. Uh, how about you, Danny? Maple Grove. Come on. You're blowing the stick here. All right. Uh, Carl. Your friends can't even grab your back, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, Maple Grove is, is just obviously the better team. So. Was this yeah. my idea to bring him on? Yeah. This is a bad idea. <laughs> Who'd you say, Carl? I'm, I'm ready just to walk Ma- Ma- Maple Grove. Okay, all right. Here we go. Oh. All right, Kyle. All right, let me guess who you got. Maple Grove, maybe? I think I'm going to leave you alone and go Maple Grove here. <laughs> all right, all right. You're so nice. You're so nice. <laughs> That's it, right? That's all I got. Put a wrap on this. Uh, thank you to Tony Kucher for coming on the show, Danny and Carl for putting together a great show, and, yeah, my uh, new arch nemesis, Kyle <laughs> Kukinen, Wiz Wyatt Player of the Year, Bannon Player of the Year. Will he be high school player of the year? We'll, be, we'll find out soon. Kyle, thanks for tuning in and being on our show today. Thanks for having me. All right, boys, great show. We'll see you around the rink soon.